Welcome to the ReChurch Podcast. This is Tyler Armstrong, the student pastor at 12th Street Baptist Church in Rambosity, Alabama, with our lead pastor, Thomas Winborn. We are asking the question, how can we become the church that Jesus intended? What's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of the ReChurch Podcast. I'm back in town, and y'all, I'm just going to be honest with you. I enjoyed that Tracy Griggs episode where she was talking about BBS and all the pieces that come with it, yep. and man, it was just so good. Wait, who's that talking? Hadn't even introduced him yet. What's up, Thomas? How you doing, man? What's up, man? Gosh. I just had to agree with you. It was really good. She did <laughs> man, a great job. I, I didn't even know the guy was in here yet. Like, I mean, most of the time I introduced you and then you come in. And so, <laughs> how you doing today, man? I'm doing good. Doing good, man. It's been, it's been a great weekend, man. I had a yeah. great weekend. Good yeah. weekend away. Yeah, it was a really good, good weekend away for me, too. Um, had a really good time. So, today we're going to venture off the beaten trail a little bit. So, Thomas and I, we talked about this a little bit. We're kind of running out of stuff to recommend. It's hard to read a bunch of books and continually be updating that list and listen to new music and listen to new podcasts. Mm. And, and so we don't want you guys to think we're superheroes on that stuff, which you never would. But I mean, it sounds like we just are constantly intaking and we are, and we are, I mean, it's a constant intake for me. I mean, I'm constantly just new information flowing in new podcasts, things like that. I mean, like this weekend on the way down to the beach, I was listening to new podcasts and those things. But the truth is, is that we can only intake so much, and all, and, and we want to be good stewards of that. And so sure. the truth is, is that today we're going to deviate away from that. We're going to just kind of take a step away, and we're going to talk about our top five restaurants in Gadsden, Alabama. Yeah, different kinds of intake there. Yeah, a lot yeah. of different kind of intake. And so now today we're talking about Baptist intake. We are both Baptist pastors. We both love to eat. And uh, so these are our restaurants that you could take us out to eat if you want to, or you could take us to a new place yeah. that you want to. So. Um, Thomas, let's talk about some of our top five restaurants. What is your number? Like, 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 if you had to recommend any restaurant, go through the list. There's so many criteria, mm-hmm. right? So you got your criteria of affordability, of quality of service, quality of food, and if you put those three together, yes, the best restaurant, in my opinion, mm-hmm. in this town is got to be Royal Kitchen. Uh, the Royal Kitchen is up there for me too. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, I got it on my list. I mean, if you look in our side, our show notes are here. Like, got it in our and, list. And all of the ones who wait tables are good, but ask for Billy. Billy and is, tell him that Thomas and Tyler recommended you. He is the goat, the greatest of all time. Yeah, the best. <laughs> um, the man. I mean, listen, we started eating there right after you first right came. After I got here, and the first time I went in, I ordered, and I ordered very particularly, right. Mm-hmm. And he remembered everything the second time. Called me my name, knew what I wanted to the t of what I wanted. I mean, like I'm saying, Mongolian beef. No vegetables, extra rice, and uh, instead of giving extra me soup, spicy. give me this. Make it extra spicy, mm-hmm. okay? And then Tyler likes to drink yum yum sauce like it's soup. <laughs> so he puts it in his that is true. Fried rice. That is and he remembered everything. He does. He's it, amazing. It, even till even to today, you know. And everybody there is awesome. I mean, I, I mean, yeah. everybody yeah. that works there is awesome. Even one of the ladies, she always gives our kids these uh, chopsticks things. She turns chopsticks into kid ones where it has rubber bands and paper, so they can squeeze them instead of having to actually work the chopsticks. L- like took the time to do yeah, that. Yeah, for all five kids. I mean. Just just incredible, man. She wasn't even our waitress at the yeah. time. She has that every time we go in. Incredible. I yeah. mean, um, I love that restaurant. I would totally recommend it to anyone. And so now this next one, y'all, I'm going I'm to get Thomas. I, d- I didn't mention mine because Royal Kitchen's on there too. But this yeah. next one, y'all, it's a blank. I don't know. Like, like, like It's a literal blank in the notes. And so I, Thomas said it's going to be a surprise. And so I genuinely, I think I know where he's going with this one, but I don't know. And so, so I think this one is one that some people would totally disagree with me categorically on this, but I think this would have to be one of the best 
one of the best establishments in Etowah County. Okay. And I think if people were aware of it, they would drive in from other counties <laughs> on a regular basis to, to, to eat. Okay. And I would say that everywhere I've been, I've never found a place like this that has this type of fare that is as good as this one place. Okay, look, I'm about to... I'm gonna say three, two, one, and then we're gonna say it at the same time. All right, <laughs> all right. You ready? Three, two, one. Catherine's. Top of the river. Catherine's <laughs> Bakery. Dude, I totally thought you were going top of the river. I mean, I. <laughs> what? Catherine's Bakery. Catherine's Bakery. I mean, oh, okay. it's the oh, best, okay. the best donut place. Nobody was worried when Krispy Kreme came into town. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't. The only business they get is in the evenings because <laughs> Catherine's is closed. <laughs> <laughs> and the absolute best, the absolute best donuts I they am, have there are the donut holes. I am amazed. I, I agree with you yeah. 100%. Yeah. Dude, I totally thought you were going top of the river. Like, I mean, like, no. I mean, Catherine's. Even, I mean, the way you were saying, like, people from other counties drive in. I mean, like, I, I mean, it is a it is a restaurant. I mean, you yeah. can buy drinks there, and you can get breakfast fare there, yeah. and you can take stuff home that's desserts. Uh, yep. So it's a restaurant. Uh, that's I'm in shock. Like I'm not gonna lie to you. It's, it's the best in mm-hmm. town. That'd be my top choice of restaurants that Etowah County provides that nobody else has. That's it. Man, I I totally thought you were going top of the river, which I mean, here's my hot take, y'all. Like, if you're from Gadsden, Alabama, <laughs> let's just be honest. Watch out. Man, top of the river, like the only time I ever go there is for big parties now. Yeah, who else goes there for anything else? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I I, I, mean, I, I like it personally. I, it's good. It's, Their it's, cornbread they give you in the beginning is so good. The Mexican cornbread yes. is so good. I love having the options of like doing a trio or a quadro, whatever you want to yeah, add different the, the, things. The, the, the choose your own platter yeah, thing. It's good it's, it's a really good restaurant, but man, like how many times can I eat there? Like it is I eat there all the time, but people from all from like all over the south. Like I got a friend of mine from Rome, Georgia, that drives in, and that's like a that's like a treat to them. They have like four rooms for Mm. large groups. It's like living in Orlando and going to Disney World. Like you know what I'm saying? Like like it's (laughs) it's it's, I I would bet you that they have twice as many places to sit that are large group seating than they do regular like booths. Mm So yep. this was made for. I was talking to Olivia and Luke about this, and and Olivia was like, "Tyler, like if like you're tired of eating there, why do you eat there every year for Ryan's birthday?" Well, one, my wife likes the restaurant a lot. It's good. Number two, it's the you can you can literally sit like forty people in a party, yeah. and it not bother anybody. Doesn't bother anybody else. I mean, it's 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 that great. They so, even but, put you in a room if you want. Yeah, you know, it's like fifty or sixty. Yeah, it's just huge. just for me though. I mean, I, I I've ate there so many times, and so. Yeah, I haven't been there more than like three times since I moved back. Mm-hmm. Although I like the food, we just don't go. Yeah, you know. So for me, I'm gonna go local here again. Um, I'm gonna say Jefferson's. I really enjoy Jefferson's. I eat there every year for my birthday. Like it's just, it's kind of my go-to. Um, I love all. I mean, their wings are good, which I, I normally don't get the wings. I usually get their chicken fingers with teriyaki. Um, I really like their chicken fingers. Um, they have two locations in town. They have one in Rainbow City now. Well, they've got like eighteen locations across the south. Uh, across it's the huge. Na- yeah, started but, in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. I used to go there when I was in college. Yeah, Charlton and, Giles is a church member here. Yeah, it was his fraternity brother yep. that started Jefferson's, yep. and so um, really funny story. You could, you should ask Charlton about that one day. But I mean, Gadsden was like the second location that they opened. Yep. I remember they opened it when I was like in middle school. And so that was not the first place I ever tried oysters. I mean, my dad went there and ate. And so I don't, really I don't understand though. When you go to a wing place, mm-hmm. and Jefferson's is a wing place. Yes. You go to a wing place. If you see specials, I would think that people that go there want to see wing or chicken finger specials or boneless wing specials every day. Mm-hmm. But that one of their big specials is a hamburger. Yeah. So you want them to be more like specialized, like in they wings. are specialized. They offer hamburgers, but they're a wing joint. 
Yeah, I would I would say more like sports, like sports bar, like that kind of that. Which those most people pulled nine out of ten people that eat at Jefferson and say, "What kind of food do they have?" They say wings. hundred percent. I'm with you there. You win. All right, you win. All right. So give me your next restaurant. Okay, so I was so excited when I was learning we were going to move back to the south because in Maryland I was really tired, and I and I listen. We found a place we liked, and I love where I lived. But the Mexican restaurants where I lived in the north part of mm. Appalachia were not very Mexican-y. Yeah. Okay, they weren't very good. I mean, it's all Americanized here. But but when I moved here, I found Baja. Baja, California. Baja, California, Cantina and Grill. And it's, yeah. it is so good. And we love the food there, man, the, the, the affordability. I can eat there with my kids because half the time they get filled up on chips and salsa or chips and cheese. I can eat there with my kids for the same price it cost me to go to Chick-fil-A. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, that's incredible, and and Baja's a really big restaurant. It's too. huge. That's why I can go yeah. to my family, and they don't they don't even they don't they don't get uh, anybody disturbed mm-hmm. because it's kind of loud and big, and so you can be loud and nobody really pays attention. And Thomas Thomas like at one point like the last time I think we went to this restaurant was a few months back that I went with you. You walked in, and immediately the owner was like, "Thomas, what's up, man?" <laughs> like, like I mean, like immediately. Yeah. And that, so I thought that was awesome. But that's because we try to find places that we like, and we try to go often. If we go out, we don't go out to you that often anyway. But when we do, we try to go to the same place, have the same waiter, so we can build a relationships yes. hopefully for the sake of the gospel 100 percent, man it's a so great we do that there but that that place baja is a great place it, it is it, if i was gonna go you know mexican restaurants like, like like that style of mexican restaurant i'm gonna go have to go you know el patron because i'm an italo boy That's in your neighborhood yeah it is yeah. right there in my hood and so yeah. um hold it down but baja's good i like baja it's really good I mean, el patron's good it's just different mm-hmm. you know different it's, styles yeah different cities different styles but every yeah. christian has a pet like in gadsden alabama has a patron mexican restaurant yeah. that we go to after church <laughs> that's right it just happens um it's the way we <laughs> fall to um it's the way we go and so well, why don't you talk about your favorite mexican restaurant well, besides that see man i don't know if i classify this as mexican restaurant i would not classify this as a mexican restaurant but it is like more like a southwestern style and so like this restaurant is not necessarily like in the classification as like a villa fiesta or any of those but it does serve the same style food and it beats moe's and here's the hot take don't for it. thomas and carol don't do it it beats chipotle it's wrong right. It does not ah, beat Chipotle. Dude, listen, man, me and you went to Chipotle on the way to Indianapolis last year. That was year. so not a good example. Dude, we're was... on the road. We're stopping in the middle of they like were Kentucky. Out of everything, man. And they were out of everything in the middle of Kentucky. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I don't even know what, ta- what town we were in in Kentucky. But I was Southern like, Seminary needs to take that place by storm and make all the Chipotles run right. <laughs> Because I don't know what happened, but they failed. Okay, so we were, that is not that's not a good comparison. We, we it's not going, fair. We were going through it, Kentucky, and I, we stopped this place, and they ordered. And, I, and, and Thomas knows my my attitude about Chipotle. Like I'm not a Chipotle fan. He doesn't like church. it. I don't like He's it. Biased. And so we're sitting there, and I ordered, and they were like. We don't have that. Like it was like I, I'm trying to what it was. They didn't even have any queso. They queso. were out of queso. That's what it was. How can you be a southwestern style restaurant and not have queso? Anyway, back to mine, Bubba Ritos. Yeah, just the name says enough. Dude, Bubba Ritos, man. Bubba when they Ritos. Oh, don't hate, bro. When they opened in Boaz, Alabama, <laughs> all of my friends were like, dude, we need to go get this new place. I was like, dude, what good? Like, I was quoting Nathan from you know the Gospels. Like, what good can come out of Boaz? <laughs> like, you know, like, dude, I went up there. My the, the scales fell off my eyes. Yeah, well, that place I, is incredible. Well, I will say this, man. You know, you go there. It's like, it's, like you, it's basically like Subway meets a low end Chipotle. <laughs> <laughs> take it back <laughs> <laughs> you walk in you order you get all the chips and salsa you can eat unlimited unlimited that's really good i like that 
but I just don't know that the the components don't taste as good to me as the components of Chipotle. But the nearest Chipotle is Birmingham. Well, I see, Chipotle doesn't have queso. I mean, it's a lot. Well, they do in most of them. <laughs> <laughs> I remember Thomas was like, "Hey man, if you could take me to any restaurant, like me and you, like got in the car, like, take me to any restaurant in town. Where would you go?" I was like, "All right, here we go." Yeah, the first place you took me to was, was Bubba Burritos, and I was like, "Oh, that sounds." interesting yeah and so then we go and i'm trying to be open-minded and i'm like it's okay it's not bad it's not bad i, I mean i've talked to my family about going yeah. but i just haven't yet it's good because it's called burritos and because <laughs> you say it's better than chipotle and we know it can't be true yeah so but, i think we're hesitant uh, yeah. whatever all right so give me your next one <laughs> all right so this one is the one that i think i've gone to it twice um my wife and i have five kids eight and under we never get dates mm-hmm. so when we do take a date if she's hungry for a steak we don't go to Longhorn. Mm-hmm. I try to take her to the best steak place I can go mm-hmm. because I don't want to cook a steak and it tastes better than the steak I just paid thirty dollars for somewhere. Yeah, for sure. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So we go to we've gone twice to Blue Chop House. See, I've never ate there. It's see well, it's expensive, okay? Mm-hmm. But if I get one date in like three months, I'm okay with spending a little extra money. You know yeah. what I mean? Like one date we got to eat somewhere nice in the evening later or whatever, once every couple months. Um, we do more date time alone at the house and stuff, but getting a sitter with all five of our kids when one of them still comes down the stairs every couple hours, like it's just hard. So um, blue is really good. It's the we had a ribeye there. It man, it was the best steak. It beat so I had somebody gave me a gift card to Ruth's Chris. I love them. I thank them for that. It was really good. Blue was better than Ruth's by far. Wow. That's yeah. a statement. That, that for that experience, those two experiences together recently, mm-hmm. it, it was good. Uh, see, I I went to Ruth's Chris like, gosh, it was years ago. Um, and that was like my first experience there. And it blew my mind how much I paid for garlic mashed potatoes. I know, it's ridiculous. Like, like, like it was like $15. It's family style. And blue is family style too. And yeah. it's more expensive than you should have to pay. But if for once in a blue moon, like mm-hmm. it was good. I have to try good. it out. Um, that's one thing that me and Ron, we've always talked about. Like, hey, let's go try there. We liked Courtyard back in the day. That yeah, was like yeah, our they had a good too. steak. Yeah. Um, courtyard was good. Um, but we need to try blue. And so. I... You pay a little bit. Yeah, but I mean, we go out to eat with four, with five kids, and four with five kids all the time. We're used to paying a lot. So yeah. two of us going out, we're like, "Wow, look at this! It's cheap, right?" Yeah, so yeah, this is cheap. it's not that big of a, of a difference, really, if we go out to eat. But yeah. we we don't do it often. But it's really good. So I got two more that I'm gonna recommend. Um, there's one. Um, th- these two, a lot of people put in the same category. I wouldn't put them in the same category. Um, Pruitt's Barbecue. All right, it's called Pruitt's Barbecue. But let's just be honest. Why do people go to Pruitt's? It's not for the barbecue. They eat barbecue, but it really... it's for the billboard. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's 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 what's on the billboard that day. Yeah, just, Chicken and Dumplings Day, bro. Yeah. That place is backed out the door. Man. Roast beef day. Roast beef like day. Big, yeah, open face yeah, roast beef. Yeah, I mean, yeah. all of those. It's a meat and three. Like yeah, like, like in a, a lot of three. ways, it's a meat and three. Classic Southern meat and three. The catfish is outstanding. But I can't think about when I would not live here. When I I couldn't think about Gadsden for mm-hmm. more than a minute without thinking about Pruitt's barbecue. Yeah, man. I mean, I grew up going there with my grandparents eating. Fried, my my granddad showed me how to eat fried catfish, pulling it off the bone. I mean, eating the barbecue. That's just where you went. Yeah, yeah, and I, I had a friend of mine come in from Ohio, who's, and he said, hey, man, give me a taste of the town. Yeah. Go to Pruitt's. That's right, man. I like, go to Pruitt's. The sweet potato fluff is to die for. Yeah. I love the sweet potato fluff. I love that restaurant. Um, It's just a great place. And when you go there, you see at least three to four church members every time you go and in. And where's another place that you can go through a separate drive through for the same food and get three, I mean, get 10, not three, 10 barbecue sandwiches for $10? Listen, bro, I don't know if you saw this. Inflation hit Pruitt's oh, drive through no. Yeah, man, it's now... 
one barbecue sandwich for a dollar forty nine. Dollar fifty, they go up. Dude, COVID nineteen got us, man. It's <laughs> an excuse to go up because it's been so cheap for so long. Dude, but it, even there, you can't get who. Where can you get a barbecue sandwich for a dollar fifty? Dude, it used to be ninety one cents though, bro. I know, but where can you get one for a dollar fifty anywhere weird, else? There's nowhere. I'm sad because inflation finally hit them, man. I get and it. So, but we get it, Pruitts. I love that place. Yeah, love it's it. good. It's, it's, it's a really good and dude, their desserts really good. I'm gonna give you one more local Joe's, man. Local Joe's. I was. I, I've always, you know, used to. I never came over here to eat barbecue. I would always eat somewhere in, in Atala, you know, or you know, somewhere in Boaz with family, like right. barbecue, all that stuff. Right. When I came to 12th Street, man, we always got local Joe's. Yeah, and local Joe's, the it's general good, store, man. dude, it's incredible. It's really good. And I asked my wife the other day, would she like better that or the marina? You know, mm-hmm. and uh, she chose local Joe's. Yeah. And I think it depends. If you're on the river, you want to go to the other one because you can pull up, go in, eat on the deck, whatever. It's they're, really good. They're actually very similar styles of barbecue. They are. Because, they little, are. because little Bridge Marina Barbecue used yep. to be local Joe's barbecue. Yep. And so they're very similar. I just love the feel of local Joe's. Like, yeah, I, I agree. I, I can just drive. I live in Atala. I can just drive down Pleasant Valley Road, yep. pull in. There it is. Um, and, man, it's just that good old country style feel. Their white sauce is really good on the chicken. And, it, and real quick, if you eat white sauce on anything other than chicken or turkey, like, come on. <laughs> Are you really eating barbecue right? Most of my friends from other places would be like, what's white sauce? Oh, dude, Alabama white sauce, man. I know. It's different. Yeah, Alabama white sauce. It's it's, yeah. it's, it's an Alabama bar- barbecue staple. And our boy, Chris Cornut, <laughs> he doesn't make white sauce. All right? He doesn't do white sauce. And I'm like, man, like you used to run barbecue bobs, bro. Barbecue bobs. That's a throwback. That is that's, that was probably the best barbecue yeah. joint in town at the yeah. time. Oh yeah, man, he yeah. doesn't he doesn't do white sauce, and I wish he did. And mm. so because barbecue Bob's back in the day, goodness gracious, man, <laughs> I don't know could rival local Joe. So what are we that's talking about food. today? Yeah. So what are we talking about other than good food today? So today we're talking about Jesus is the hero. Yeah, man. And so this is a concept that both changed Thomas and I's life um, at different seasons of our lives. Um, just explain what that means. Yeah, so I guess for me, I was I was reading a bunch of different guys, reading Tim Keller, uh, David Platt, Francis Chan, um, read a bunch of different folks, and I was all of a sudden kind of struck by this 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 factor that I had been teaching. I was I was a student pastor, I, my second church is a student pastor, mm-hmm. and I I realized I had been teaching morality to my kids based off biblical principles. Mm-hmm but I was not leading them to see how Jesus was the hero every week. If Jesus is the one that can save you if you, you know, prayed to receive him or whatever you want to say back then. Um, but not that Jesus was the hero of everything we read in Scripture and that he's the hero, that we're not the hero. Not that you should pull yourself up from your bootstraps and work harder, but that Jesus did all the hard work for you. So now you just turn to him and face him and love him and become more like him in that way. And there is hard work and all that. But you know, this particular passage, John 5, 39 through 40, um, Jesus says this. He says, you search the Scriptures, talking to the Pharisees. You search the Scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. And it is they that bear witness about me. Yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. He, he says there, it's all about him. On the road to Emmaus, he's there with the two guys. They don't recognize him. He's been resurrected. Their eyes, are, they don't see him. And so he's talking with them, showing how everything in the Old Testament points to him. Yeah. And then when he reveals himself and leaves, they basically go, gosh, didn't our hearts burn that he was with us in our presence as he taught us those I things? I always tell people like that had to have been the craziest moment. Oh, yeah. I mean, this guy literally going through Old Testament 1 and 2, the greatest <laughs> seminary professor to live, literally walking through, showing how Moses and the prophets point to him. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, with these two disciples who, who, I mean, who have lost all hope. But we don't hear that. No. We don't ever hear that. I mean, when's the last time, when you grew up, did you hear David and Goliath was Jesus is the hero? No, I had to beat my own giant. I had to defeat the giants. You could be like, if you have enough faith, you can be like David. You can be like David. I mean, I mean and I'm not like, trying to hate on Christian radio right now, yeah. but there is this one song out there right yeah. now that says, give me faith like Daniel in the lion's den, so, so I can face my, and then he talks about David and all, and all like Moses yeah. and all this, and he says, so I can face my giants with confidence, which... In, in one way, yes, we need faith like Daniel. We need faith like David. We need those things. But what we need to realize is is that those stories are not about us. No. Those stories are about Jesus. They are pointing. They are just types. They are shadows of the one who is to come and, to defeat the giants for us. Yeah, and there's some giants you can't defeat. Mm-hmm. You can't defeat sin. You can't defeat hell. You can't defeat death. And yeah. You need a champion redeemer to step in the way for you. That's what David was, right? You need a champion. And here's the, here's the cue. If the people in the Old Testament would have put themselves in the place of the champion, then you can do that. Yeah. But, but if you ask people in Israel, like 2,000 years ago, Jesus around, he said, okay, so who was the hero there? Okay, David, right? Now, are you supposed to be like David? They go, no, 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 no. We were Israel. We're the ones that can't defeat the giant. We're waiting on him to come do it for us. They mm-hmm. would not have placed themselves in the yeah. place of David. And so the only person that does is point to Jesus. He's a greater David. Yeah. And that's the problem, that we have so centralized everything about us, and that it's about me or you. It's about our issues, our problems, our work, that it's not about Jesus anymore. And we tack Jesus onto the end of things to say, well, you need Jesus yeah. to become a believer. Now, though, you be the champion. 100%. What happens when Jesus is not the hero in your own life, Thomas? Well, you either get depressed or you're arrogant. It's all get out. Man, that's good. That's it, man. Well, so it's not it, good, but that's good. Right. I mean, that. So if you if you are the one who's doing the work and you're the one who's the, I'm going to be like David, have enough faith, and be like Daniel, have enough faith. Then when you think you've accomplished that, then you're full of arrogance, and who gets the glory? Me. Mm-hmm. But if you aren't able to accomplish that, then quickly you get depressed and you hate yourself because you can never do what you think you're supposed to do. If you just had a little more faith, you just had a little more faith. All that prosperity gospel crap, the false gospel stuff out there tells you that if you would just do more faith, have more faith, more faith, you would be able to overcome these things. You would have all the millions. You would have all the health. And that's just a lie from the enemy. Well, it's, it's just this Christianized version of self-help. Yes. You know, I mean, so like, give me an example of one time in your life that you saw that an impact when you made Jesus not the hero, like when Jesus wasn't the hero in your own personal walk. All the time, man, even now. Man, that's, oof. Okay, so yeah. in my own family, when when I'm in the family and, I, and I'm and i the one that has to hold it all together as the dad, or I'm the one that's supposed to be seen as the hero of this moment, and I don't get my heroship from my kids or my wife, then I get angry like I deserve something that I really didn't deserve, Man. and I've failed so much, right? And so now who is it? That. I'm either depressed because I don't get it, or I'm arrogant because I think I deserve it, instead of saying, "Man, Jesus is our hero, not me. And when I point my kids to that, they find hope that overcomes anything else in the Lord. Yeah. Right? But when they see me as the hero, I'm going to fail them, and so their wall is going to come tumbling down. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, all kinds of examples I could give about me suffering. My wife, when she doesn't live up to the standard of heroship that I think she should be and living this, that, and the other, I can get angry. I can feel offended when really she's not to be the hero. She wasn't made to be the hero. She was made to be a, a partner with me to walk along, and both of us see our need for Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so if I make her the hero, then when she fails me, then I get depressed or angry or she fails me. I put that in quotes. She doesn't fail me when my expectations aren't met. Man. My unrighteous expectations yeah. aren't met. Or when she sins or when I sin. I mean, all, the, all these examples. Uh, and it just leads to not making much of Jesus. Yeah. What about in your ministry? 
gosh, man, you're peppering me. So like, <laughs> it, yeah, if, if people, so when I first, when I first started thinking this way, I watched an interview and the interview was with a mega church that I actually knew some friends who worked at this mega church. And whenever I was around them, they would always say this, let's say the guy's name is Bob. That was the lead mm-hmm. pastor. All I would hear all the time is Bob, 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 all the time. But when I had this other church where the lead pastor was also a mega church, but they were gospel centered, Jesus centered people. When you saw these guys interviewed on TV, when you heard people that knew this guy, they didn't talk about, let's say his name's John. It wasn't John, John, John. It was Jesus, 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 Jesus. And so if we, if we're making decisions based off our reputations, if we're making decisions based off what's good for us as the hero or making somebody else in the church our hero, like you make the pastor your hero, he's going to fail you. He's going to not do what you expect him or think he should do. And so Jesus has to be the hero. We have to make decisions based off what's best for the kingdom, not what's best for us. Yeah. And so the, the, there's just so many different pieces that could be played out in. Yeah, when I, um, I, mean, I just think back to my, even my own life right now, like, walking with Jesus. I mean, essentially since birth. I mean, I like really like, I mean, I don't, I don't remember a time where I didn't know Jesus, but when I was nine, you know, prayed the prayer, got baptized, did all those things. I didn't really experience really a lot of heart change. So I was 17. And then in those moments growing in that and seeing, you know, really coming to see Jesus as the hero, especially like really in the years, like 19 to 22, there have been moments though, even still, like you said, even currently where Jesus is not the hero. And I try to become the hero of the story. I try to become the one that saves my wife. I try to become the one that saves my family. And I can't do that. And yeah. what happens with me is I don't necessarily get depressed. I just get angry. Yeah. Like, like I just get mad because I'm yeah. like, man, and, and I get mad at myself. And I'm like, man, Tyler, you got to try harder. You got to do harder, which right. is just wired into our hearts, right? I mean, yep. Paul says that in the book in the book of Romans, that the law is written on our hearts. Like we are just wired to work yep. for our righteousness. And so, and then, like you said, unmet expectations, like, like, like when I, when I try to put my wife in the place that she's the hero or, or anybody for that matter, it just makes this unrealistic thing. And then we, I just get angry. Yeah. I'm like, man, this isn't meeting my thing. And even in my own ministry, like you said, teaching moralism, like I look back at my early days in ministry and I'm like, man, I wish I could go back I know. and tell like 17, 18, 19 year old Tyler. I mean, even well, every Tyler really make Jesus the hero of everything you do. I mean, everything to be honest with you, I think that part of, I don't say part of my problem, uh, part of, part of what led me down the path I went into, I mean, heck, drugs, alcohol, bad relationships, using people, manipulating people, all those things. I grew up in church. I was seen as a leader in my youth group. Um, I could conform to the image and I thought I was doing the thing. The problem was, is I didn't really know Jesus. Man. Okay. So I prayed a prayer to not go to hell. I got baptized. That happened three times, by the way. Um, multiple times I prayed the prayer, but baptized three times. Um, I was a leader, even led worship. I mean, literally at a church in this town. Yeah. And and I preached a couple of times, taught messages, was in a singing group that traveled. I mean, I did all those things, right? And I didn't know Jesus. And so Jesus was not the hero. If I I heard all these stories, I, need, I can tell you all the stories. Yeah. But I did not know Jesus as a person relationally, and I did not know that he was the hero. Yeah. It was up to me. Yeah, and and I can testify that too, man. I mean, I knew the stories. You know, um, me and my brother were talking about this the other day. Like, we we, we were like champs at Bible drills. Like my brother even like went to state and won state in Bible drills. Hmm. Um, me and him were joking. He said, isn't it funny that I'm better at you and your profession than you are, you know? And I didn't go that path, and I died out laughing, man. So funny, Mason taking digs. Um, I didn't go to state in Bible drills. I didn't meet the quota. Um, but anyway, and so, um, I mean, but like we, we did those things. We walked the Christian way, you know, spoke yeah. the Christian language. 
But man, like when you see Jesus as the hero, it changes everything. Yeah. And so let's just kind of rapid fire really quick. What happens when Jesus is the hero in the scriptures? Like, like when you start reading the scriptures with Jesus as the hero in mind, what happens in those moments? Well, first you realize it's not all about you. Ooh. Hold right. up, hold up. I know, the relativism of today would say, well, what does this say to you? What does this mean for you? What do you mean the Bible isn't about me, Thomas? Well, it's for you, okay. but it's not about you. So, 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 like, I can't go to the Bible and be like, hey, this is what this verse means to me. Okay, well, so it, it, it is about you in some ways. It's about you as being such a sinner in your sin that you cannot make it to grace and heaven and restoration and reconciliation. You're going to make it to hell on your own. So you need someone to step in and overcome all those things for you, even in your rebellious nature where you don't even want it in that moment. And then Jesus provides that way by dying on the cross for you, even though we would have spat on him in that moment as well. Yeah. So yeah, so it's about you in that way, <laughs> right? But it's not about you otherwise in a way that it's about Jesus as the hero the whole whole Bible is pointing to God and his glorious work in redeeming a people who rebelled against him. It, it, it's, it's all about relationship. Yes. It's all about God wanting to dwell among his people in relationship with them in the way that the, the, the most perfect way is through Jesus. Yep. Yep. I mean, everything in the Old Testament points to Jesus. The Gospels literally present Jesus as the hero of the scriptures, the promised Messiah. And then everything after Jesus. Yeah. You know, it points back to Jesus. So let me say I something mean, additionally to that. Yeah. Okay, so you, you can be offended by this. So I'm, I'm just saying. Millennial trigger warning right here. <laughs> when you when you take a verse out of context mm -hmm. and then use it to say whatever you want it to say, this is an example of it being about you and not about our champion redeemer who is Jesus. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yeah. That means I can hit a home run. If Christ will just give me the strength right now, mm -hmm. okay. I can make a good granola test. I can get that. Girl. I can do that. Girl. I can. I, I, I can, can do whatever. I can, yeah, I can. I can climb the ladder. I can do all those things. Yeah, through Christ who yeah. strengthens me. And we're like, but I said through Christ. Do you remember the story about the Pharisee and the publican? The Pharisee and the tax collector. The Pharisee comes up and says, "Thank you, Lord, that I'm yeah, not like that I'm this, not this, like this, or him. like that guy." Yeah. Right. And he gives credit to God for it. Mm -hmm. And then the guy who's the 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 tax collector goes goes. God, give mercy to me, a Pounding sinner. Pounding his chest. Pounding his chest, right? So, yeah, I'm saying I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yeah, what he's saying in that passage isn't saying what you're saying. What he's saying in that passage is you can you can endure anything because Christ can strengthen you when he is your strength. Yeah. And not that you can have enough power to overcome, right? It's a totally different vibe. So that when Jesus is not the hero, it messes up everything in the scriptures. Mm -hmm. But when he is the hero, the scriptures make so much more sense. Oh, man. And life is so much easier. Yeah. You know, think about what we have to do. We have to evangelize, share Jesus. Well, if you're doing that for the sake of just saving souls, then that's hard work that you feel like you're always failing at and you can't sleep to save souls. Mm -hmm. If you recognize that God's the one who saves souls, he uses you to speak the gospel, tell everybody about the gospel everywhere you go, and then go home, go to bed, and trust that God's going to do the work in the heart that Put, you can't do. And it puts Jesus in his proper place yes. as the one who gets the, the king. glory. Yep. As the king who gets the glory. Yep. What, about, uh, when Jesus, what happens when Jesus is the hero in the church? Well... If the pastor's the hero, the church is going to fail. At minimum, when the pastor leaves, the church is going to well, fail. Well, that's what I was about to say. Like, you know, like sometimes like we even see this like, in, in, in some churches that, man, the pastor's the hero. The pastor's like everything. Like everything hinges yep. on that pastor. Yep. And then what happens is, is that pastor gets called to another position or, you know, something morally he happens. Dies or retires. Or, I mean, or, moral, moral yep. failing even. Yep. You know, yep. what happens is, is that, that totally destroys it, the it church. implodes. Yep. Like even, I mean, all of those things can lead to an implosion that, we're like, man, what happened was well, because the church collapsed inward because it was built on one man. Yeah. If, if I, if I leave this place as a dead man or retired, or God calls us away at some point, 
and everybody says my name more than they say Jesus, mm-hmm. then I have failed. Yeah. Right. And so again, it's about how do we point everything back to Jesus? Everybody needs to see that you don't need us. We're here to equip you so that you can better be in a better relationship with Jesus. So Thomas, like you're talking about, you know, may, like essentially bleeding Jesus. That's yeah. the language that you like I to love use. That language, you yeah. love that language. But if I cut you right now, would you bleed Jesus? Mm-hmm. And I mean, put that in context. If you see somebody, you talk to somebody, Jesus should come off their lips. They should be bleeding Jesus on a regular basis. And so people don't do that. That makes me question kind of where they are in the relationship with God. And that's just a part of the way we call that. That's Jesus centeredness in a personal life. Yeah, and Jesus is the hero. And yeah. so like what about like when Jesus is like the hero in your marriage? Like what does that look like? Yeah, so that again we talked about it a little bit before. That just means simply in my marriage, that means that if Jesus is the hero, then we are striving to point one another towards Jesus, not striving to puff up ourselves or to get our own attention, our own honor and glory, but to point everybody towards Jesus. And the same with kids. I mean your parenting skills. If if I'm the hero then when my kids don't obey me, I'm mad because they bucked me and rebelled against me. Yeah. And so I come down on them with anger. If Jesus is the hero, then when they buck me, they're really saying against God. And so now I'm offended in that sense of saying, gosh, I love you guys. And I'm afraid of what could happen to you if you live a lifestyle of being disobedient. And so let's lead you back to Jesus and show you why Man. that's healthy. Yeah. It so changes like, how you parent. So like with me, like I know that like for the first few years of my marriage, I lived in this very self, like selfish mindset that I was the hero. Sure. Like I was going to be the one that saved my wife, you know, in a lot of ways. And I didn't ever say that out loud. Like, man, I'm a bit, but, but when I look back and look at the, that first year of my marriage, I'm like, gosh, I was so selfish. Yeah. You know, I was so that I was the center of this marriage and, you know, man, God gave this and everything's going to gave this marriage to me and everything's going to revolve around me. Well, my man, needs, I, I my thought desires. I was selfish until I got married. Then I realized I was a jerk selfish. <laughs> yes. You know? And then I got kids and realized how much of a, arrogant pompous selfish person i really was yes you know? that's yeah i mean I, and i mean even now like brooks is so little you know yeah. and i mean and, and me and ron like i mean just having to learn like man we got to keep christ at the center of this and then when brooks came goodness gracious i'm having to like, i'm making it a practice now that when i do sin against brooks even at his young age yeah, having to say brooks buddy i'm sorry i sinned against you uh, yeah. like I, I wronged you repent to your yeah, kids yeah yeah repent so to him and, and all yeah. those things because when i do that i'm showing that i'm broken i remember there was this one pastor that said dads if you teach your son how to hit a ball and keep his eye on the ball but not keep his eye on christ you failed your son as That's a parent right. yeah and man like that just that just speaks volumes to me because i love sports i love those things but if he walks away Yep. knowing how to hit a baseball, but not knowing how to follow Jesus and lead his family, his own family to the Lord, or, you know, even, I mean, lead people to the Lord. Yeah. I've missed it. Well, let me say this too, to make it simple. It sounds like it could be overwhelming mm-hmm. to a parent. Let me say this as a dad, you know, we could spend two hours outside shooting bows, shooting BB guns, throwing baseball, riding bikes. Uh, you're like, I don't know how to teach my kids this. I teach. Listen, when you make a mistake, do what Tyler said. Go and tell him, hey, I'm really sorry. I did wrong towards you. Would you please forgive me? And then say, hey, thank you for forgiving me, buddy. This is what Jesus does for us. Every time we make a mistake and we repent, we turn to him. And just point every chance you get, point to how you failed and how God is the hero through Jesus by the Spirit. Yeah, and I, I think that like a lot of people, like you know, you struggle in like, family devotional time and all this. Like, I mean, my kids, he, he's so little right now. Family devotional time is just like... Read Jesus, you know the Jesus story book. No, not even the, yeah. no, the hug, the, the, the hug yeah, the little hug a Bible. Yeah, um, and read one of those little stories. You know, uh, do, do, do act them out and all those yeah. things. And then I pray with him, and then I wake up to him like having a bat and like hit me in the head with it. Like, like, like that's our family worship time right now. But I mean, I mean, some of us like I mean, family worship time is so hard to do because like we you know we watch these families like oh we had family worship time and it was so awesome. But then like some of us are like looking at it going. 
what in the world's going on? Like, I've got like, a two-year-old, four-year-old trying to listen with an eight-year-old and seven-year-old and six-year-old. And I'm like, this is this yeah, is insane. And so the, the best way to do family worship is to live it out as you go. Yep. And the way you do that is you live a life that is centered as Jesus as the hero. And still every do devotionals. Moment. Yeah, still, still do, do those, those things. Because they will be hard, but do them. Yeah, I mean, but, I mean they're, they're hard to do. I mean, it's hard to do. But when Jesus is the hero. Yeah. And you're not the hero, yep. man. Ultimately, you got to realize that Jesus is the one who's getting the glory. Here's, not the, you. here's the thing: you don't have to know everything to lead your family. You need to take what God has put in your cup right now and pour it into your kids, mm-hmm. pour it into your wife, let your wife pour that back into you, and just take what God's given you and give that away. Yeah, and and when Jesus is the hero, you can do that. Yes, yeah, right. Because He's the center, and He's the point of which we are all like, you know imitate me as I imitate Christ that we are all running after that we are all pursuing because he's ultimately pursued us and when your kids or your wife or your friends ask you the hard questions that you don't know just say I don't know yeah. I don't know everything I know the savior mm-hmm. it's not about knowing information about knowing the person yeah and that that's the difference man and, and we're gonna close it right there this is going to be a continual series for us so we're just going to talk about what Je- when Jesus is the hero how does that change us how does that change the way we do church how does that change the way that we do the scriptures or anything how we walk personally this is going to be an ongoing conversation that we're going to do i'm looking forward to it tune back in next week on the rechurch podcast peace out everybody